Thank you very much. I had to negotiate 880 coming down here during the war. So I, and I, I, every day I take my bicycle to work. So it's been a sacrifice, but worth it. So I thank you very much for letting me come and, and to present. And as one of them said, I really come from a transit background. I, I was 11 years at San Francisco Muni, 15 years at AC Transit, where I was the director of environmental technology and started their fill cell program. So Michael really wanted me to present to you uh, some background on where the technology is and how that fits with your efforts and why you are leaders, but you're leaders at the right time. Uh, so I will go through these slides and uh, uh, first what I'd like to give you a bit of background of our organization, CTE. Uh, I left AC Transit 10 years ago to join this nonprofit. Uh, we are an organization of about 65 people. Uh, we, we have over 30 years a portfolio of zero mission projects of over $1 billion. Uh, presently, we have about 159 <coughs> projects valued at over $365 million. And we have a national presence. Uh, my office is in Berkeley. Our main office is in uh, Atlanta. We have members of our organization, many large companies that are involved in hydrogen and battery electric. We don't just do uh, fuel cells. We're also actively involved with uh, the deployment of battery electric vehicles. You can see in this slide here, uh, just an overview. We're, we're, we're very active in California because there's a lot of money in California. You probably are aware over $24 billion have been raised through the cap and trade program. And so given our governor's focus and the state legislature, there are many projects happening here, but also uh, across the country. I mean, as the saying goes, what happens in California goes elsewhere. We're now the fourth largest GDP. We exceed Germany in terms of gross uh, domestic pro uh, uh, product. Uh, our organization is quite involved in a lot of projects. I don't expect you to read all or go through all these different projects, but not only buses, but we're very involved in truck uh, deployments. We actually have a, a, a very exciting project out of the Port of Oakland with Hyundai uh, with Class 8 fuel cell trucks. And those zero emission fuel, fuel cell trucks will eventually be bringing fuel to your destination. We need zero emission well to wheel, not just part of the, 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 the trip, but all of the trip. Uh, but I highlighted three key projects and activities with AC Transit, SAM Transit, and Foothill. And the reason I highlighted those is that those are organizations like yours, uh, transit agencies, uh, that have really now made a commitment, as you are potentially making next month, to fuel cell technology. AC Transit, which I previously mentioned, I helped start that program, but it's grown phenomenally well. Uh, in their initial trans transition plan to zero emission, which is required by the CARB Innovative Clean Transit Regulation, they assume 30% of their 650 bus fleet would be, would be uh, fuel cell and 70% would be battery. Uh, their recent uh, plan that was published this last year has reversed that. 
70% fuel cell, 30%. They are also a member of Arches, which uh, Scott Brandt will give you some more background and exciting opportunities that, that you will realize with the Arches program. Samtrans, another example, they have a fleet of over 300 buses. We're actively working with them. Uh, they started with battery electric. There will probably be, as with all of you, a mix of battery and fuel cell. It's not one versus the other. It's a combination depending on the duty cycle and what your requirements are. But in the case of Samtrans, they were focused entirely on battery electric, and they are now making a shift to fuel cell. They have purchased 10 buses. Uh, we're setting up an interim fueling uh, station at their north division, north of the San Francisco airport. And we're working on a plan to convert the entire north base division of 150 to 200 buses to fuel cell. Uh, in the case of Foothill Transit, they were one of the leaders in uh, battery electric deployment. They're still moving in that direction. But we just finished, and I'll have a photo to show you a bit later, uh, installing a on a 40 by 60 foot footprint which you have real estate issues here, and those are challenges, but on a 40 by 60 foot footprint, we're, we will be able to fill 100 buses in their fleet. And they, they have recently placed the largest order of 33 fuel cell buses. Uh, those buses have been delivered. They're in service as we speak over the last several months, and they're ordering another 19 uh, uh, from another uh, supplier. So I, I wanted to emphasize these because you are not only leaders, but you're, le you're, 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 you're in the wave of everyone else that's moving in this direction. And uh, I would compliment you in terms of your vision and the like. Uh, I, this is just to give you an idea of the, the big class eight truck project that's zero emission that CTE is managing. Uh, these are the first 10 trucks leaving Korea. Uh, now in operation, uh, from the port of Oakland out into the Central Valley. Uh, and so we're very excited about the, the prospects for long haul trucking, regional trucking, and the like that will benefit all of our communities. Uh, in case you're not fully aware of how fuel cell works, it is not a battery. It does not store energy. Uh, it utilizes onboard stored hydrogen and through the fuel cell as a chemical reaction, creates electric power up to uh, several hundred kilowatts. In the case of the buses, it's a hundred kilowatt system. And the buses use batteries as well to recapture regenerative uh, braking energy. But the only emission out of the exhaust is, uh, is, is uh, vapor. Uh, of course, where does the hydrogen come from? And we'll touch on that. Arches will give you uh, the, the approach that the state is actively taking to get you green hydrogen, which means 100% renewable with a carbon intensity of zero at a price that's affordable. Uh, so uh, in the case of the operation of the fuel cell, it does not combust uh, the fuel. It, it's a chemical reaction. It's very quiet and, and the like. Uh, what are the advantages of fuel cell buses? Uh, there here are four identified advantages. One is this extended range, as Wanda Moo spoke to. Uh, two is a reduction in the weight of the vehicle 
so that you can maximize the weight, the, the number of passengers on the vehicle. The third key factor is the speed by which you can refuel the vehicles. So you're not changing from your current operating environment. There's no question batteries are more efficient than fuel cells. Batteries are somewhere around 85 to 90% efficient. A fuel cell is around 60, we're seeing now upwards of 65%, but it's operational efficiency. So you're not burdened necessarily by the time and, and the location of where you recharge your vehicles. We can uh, refuel them with fuel cell, uh, with hydrogen and hydrogen stations in about six to 10 minutes, similar to CNG and, and to diesel. And as Wanda Moose said, uh, the ability to one-to-one -one replace your existing fleet. Now, but what isn't here and what is really critical, and you, especially here in Santa Cruz, but all of us in California, is resiliency. What happens when the grid goes out? We all know that buses are an important resource to move people who are in need of transport. So people at hospitals or senior centers, if there were a serious earthquake here in Santa Cruz and you had to move people to San Jose or elsewhere on available roads, uh, fuel cells can be continually operated on. You can refuel them with hydrogen. So that is the other key advantage. But there are infrastructure challenges. And I'll quickly go through the five key aspects of this. This is not the most uh, innovative acronym, but it, it works. Uh, it's parsing out these, these five key challenges. The first is price, and it is very expensive hydrogen right now. Although for transit in bulk quantity, it's about $9 to $13 per kilogram. A kilogram of hydrogen is about equivalent to a, uh, a gallon of diesel fuel. But the fuel cell buses get at least two times better fuel economy. So you get an advantage with the efficiency. However, it's still too expensive. And uh, Scott will speak to what Arches is going to do, what the state of California is going to do to drive that price down for green hydrogen. Secondly, the area footprint. You don't have a lot of real estate here. So the ability to locate the infrastructure on your available land is a challenge, whether it's battery or fuel cell. But as I said previously, on a 40 by 60 foot footprint at Foothill Transit, which also has limited real estate, we're going to be able to fill 100 buses and we have a plan to add another 100 to be able to fuel 200 buses at that site. A third, our three aspects are renewability, uh, the renewable aspect of, of your fuel. I mentioned resiliency and redundancy. You have to pull your buses out every day at AMP to move people from A to B. So you have to have your fuel, you have to have that access. So redundancy is important that your equipment can continually operate. S, I mentioned already the speed of fueling. So it doesn't change what your current operating uh, conditions are. And E is entry level startup. It does cost more to start up a hydrogen program, but as we will show on this slide here, which is conceptual, but it is proving in practice. In the, for a small fleet, the effort and the cost to uh, initiate a, a electric, battery electric program and a charging uh, system is a lot easier than with fuel cells. 
But as your fleet expands, that's where the curves cross. And where that exactly happens, some argue it's much earlier than what we show here, but inevitably they will cross. And with larger fleet applications, hydrogen has those benefits that I mentioned earlier, operationally uh, of value. I wanted to show this, I won't go through all the detail, but just to understand, um, uh, there are three categories of, uh, of variables in the specification of the vehicle, the fuel cell power rating, the battery energy storage on the bus, and the hydrogen energy storage. And there's various aspects of that. But the modes that this technology is being applied to, in rail, there's a, a fuel cell train that's being set up in uh, San Bernardino. Uh, there's a plan for Valley Link from Livermore, Pleasanton, over to the Central Valley to do a fuel cell train. Uh, coaches are being looked at. Uh, Caltrans is interested in a fuel cell coach because it can give it, the, the fuel cell can give that coach three axle vehicle, the range and the speed. And we know you've had challenges with battery electric testing over the uh, 17 to San Jose. Fuel cells are a key aspect. That's why Caltrans has funded Humboldt Transit Authority with over $8 million to develop a prototype that you would eventually be able to take advantage of. That's not ready yet, but it's, it's, it's certainly developing. And then buses, there are essentially right now only two OEMs in the United States that meet by America, New Flyer for 40 and 60 foot buses. That's in the mix of what you, if you approve next month, that's what would be in the mix for your application, being able to serve uh, UC Santa Cruz from downtown uh, Santa Cruz. El Dorado makes a 40-foot fuel cell bus. Billig is not yet there, but as their uh, vice president for marketing, Bill Faye, has made it clear, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. They're a little bit uh, taking a bit more cautious approach, but they are definitely moving in that direction. Uh, I wanted to just show you this. There are many fuel cell suppliers and there are different options with both coaches and buses. So the market is, is there potentially, it's not just technology readiness, but it's manufacturing readiness. Uh, and then on the fuel side, there are at least 11 potential station providers if you move forward to build a hydrogen fueling station. Uh, there's a limit of actual fuel suppliers Air Liquide, Air Products, Lindy are the three main ones. Plug Power is also, they're building a facility uh, near Fresno that will use wastewater and electrolysis to make green hydrogen, which likely could be a source for, for Santa Cruz. Arches is really the key, and Scott will speak to that. There we go, oops, I. So uh, this just gives you a, a view of the different stations that we have been engaged with, with Orange County, Sunline Transit actually uses electrolysis for their fueling. We have a project with uh, in Illinois uh, that also is using electrolysis. Uh, the Foothill Transit just opened. That's a very large station to support 100 buses. And of course, AC Transit has several stations and they're planning to, to double that number and expand from where they are now. Uh, and you can see here worldwide, uh, fuel cell technology is growing and we're looking at uh, 
over uh, 1,300 fuel cell buses to date that are playing out mostly in Asia. And then lastly, uh, I think I missed there. So this is the ARCHES program, which is a thousand bus initiative with 13 agencies and in both Southern and Northern California, and you are one of those 13 agencies if you continue to move on that track. Uh, I also listed a few others that are not in the ARCHES mix, but they will all benefit from what is happening here in California. In fact, the whole industry across the United States is going to benefit from what we uh, are doing here. And with that, I will conclude and give Scott uh, time to really talk about ARCHES and what the important meaning of that is for your future as well. So thank you for your time. I may have gone a few minutes over, but uh, I, I will certainly be available if you have questions afterward. And Scott? Oh, Mr. Levy. Yeah.